Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. On this week's show, we wring out our soaking wet clothes. We catch up with Mariners Head of Football, Ken Shembury, and we answer your questions. I'm Pete and I'm joined by Luke, Jimmy and Morrow. Hello fellas. Hey guys. It's still raining. Can I just say, only two of us are bringing in our clothes. Oh yeah, only two of you. Yeah, I guess so. Because you know, obviously, Moz is in the in the prawn sandwich seat. So it was pretty testing in the elements on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I don't know how you boys recovered, but uh... some water got I'm on. I'm still me. wet. I was shivering. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. was literally shivering. Uh, I did feel for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> from the box. It was. Um, <laughs> we had the air conditioner going. It was a nice, you know, sort of 24 degrees. Yes. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I thought about you momentarily while I saw you cowering behind the Western stand <laughs> at halftime. Everyone except for Luke. <laughs> cowering. Cowering, well, I say. I braved the elements at halftime because I thought, well, I'm here now. I'm already wet enough, so I'll I want to stay some, where I am. I want to got some hot chips to try and get some warmth back into my body. It was just, yeah, it was not pleasant. In oh. all seriousness, but we've we've been through some wet nights. I think that's that's pretty close to the worst conditions we've had there, except for that one game that did get called off. I think there's been memory? two that have been called off over the Has years. There? there was there was a Sydney, Newcastle and a Sydney one. Sydney one, yeah, because yeah. the Sydney one got replayed, and that was a five four, I yep. think. Yeah, yep. I'm trying to think conditions that we've maybe played through. If there was anything worse than, mm. like, it's probably rained heavier at times, but it was just constantly it was constant, yeah, yeah. windy um, rain. It just yeah. Round eight, season one against Perth, we won four nil. Uh, Sonic Appreciation Day, we got drenched, but it rained heavier, but it not uh, as constant. Um, and we're much wetter the other night than, mm. than that. I remember I was playing indoor soccer at um, West Gosford Indoor Centre when that was still a thing, and I ran across the bridge to try and make kickoff. Um, so I would have been probably oh, season one, 15 years old, I think. Yeah, good times. Look, let's dive into it with uh, Fred's question. Uh, Fred asks this week, I know things have been working really well on the field, but I'm getting the feeling that things are getting a bit of the same or a bit predictable with, uh, with our subs. What could be changed? I don't, know, I don't know about predictable because I feel like even if it is predictable, you might you might know what's on the way, but you still have to try and stop it. I mean, I think with the low, teams probably know what they're going to get. They know that they're going to get someone that's pretty quick, pretty awkward. Um, you know, he's going to throw his weight around. He's not going to give you any time on the ball. You can You can expect it. It can be predictable, but it's still working at the moment for me. Uh, yeah, I would ditto that. Um Although I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Kual start a match, just for something a bit different. But um, yeah, don't change if it's working. I'd like to see Kual play with Aranya a bit more. Haven't really yes. seen too much of that yet. Um, I just feel like the substitutes have maybe coincidentally meant they don't play together, maybe not coincidentally, whatever it is. I think that'd be worth breaking down. That could be an improvement. Um, but no, I don't want to change things either because we are good. And even when um, Eloko comes on and doesn't, you know, finish a winning goal like we like him to, then uh, he still is putting this doubt in the opposition's mind that is changing the way that games are playing out and that is worth the, the substitute strategy itself. Yeah, even if he's not scoring goals, he's still drawing, you know, at, at times two defenders to him to, to try and compete with him um, and obviously bringing other players into play. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think if, if there was anything that I would have changed from the weekend, I would have probably put Stens on a bit earlier. I don't know how many minutes he had in him, but I probably would have put him on earlier, brought off Bauman and put Niz 
back in that wide role that we saw him in earlier in the season. I think that would have maybe secured a bit more possession uh, because, like again, and it's I mean it's probably three weeks three weeks in a row now where we've just struggled to keep the ball late on in the game and there's been a lot of pressure. And yes, we got the pen on the weekend and we did well to come back into into it those last sort of ten minutes. But um, yeah, that's maybe the one change that I would have made. I did want Alo to take out Reddy a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> he did it well. He did it legally. It was a brilliant challenge. I thought, yeah. I yeah. thought Reddy was going to probably take out his own bloody teammate before he took out oh, that was good. one of us. Oh, didn't yeah. So are we that. talking about our game now? Or? Yeah, let's dive into <laughs> it. Wet, wet, wet and cold on Sunday afternoon. Uh, of course, it was a 30-minute delay um, in the pregame there, and I'm hearing a rumour it was because Kurt Ams didn't do his warm-up, um, but more on that later maybe. What he- <laughs> I'm sure I saw him doing it. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Is that the, when the uh, players came out the second time for their second warm-up. Yeah. Anyway, this is just what I've heard. It's third-hand information, so don't take it to the bank. Um, but that's that's the rumour that's been swirling that's around. Great. I saw him painting the 18-yard um, box in the northern end at the 30-minute delay. Yeah, they repainted, uh, they repainted everything twice in the end. You couldn't see the centre circle? No, not at all. It came across a little bit more clearly on the broadcast, um, but in person... Yeah, you couldn't see anything. Mm. And that's obviously, you know, no fault of the groundspeople um, who actually did really well to get the game to go ahead in the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. kudos to them. Um, but, yeah, it was just torrential. Um, I'd like to say that I rushed to get there in by kickoff <laughs> and you announced the half an hour delay as I walked into the bay and then I had to stand there for half an hour. So yeah, I, I can was you sort that out for next time, please? I was waiting for you to arrive just to let you know about the, the half an hour delay there, mate. So you're very, very welcome. Um Kurt Ams is shit. Kurt Ams is shit. Oh, my God. Well, that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah. No, let's let's get into it there. Um, the penalty, of course, for Simo's equaliser late, late, late in the game once again. How does he not give that a pen? Because he's blind. I don't know. He's just he's not very good at his job. How does much. it take him five minutes of, you know, going over the footage yet again and yet again yep. to come to the conclusion that everyone else literally anywhere could see that it was a fucking stonewall penalty well it's a it's a foul anywhere on the park yeah yeah so i don't know it's, it's another case of a ref just not being that great at his job initially before it even gets to there <laughs> because i mean he was he was looking right at it and he was just outside the box when he saw it why not giving that initially yeah he wanted to he wanted to work on the theory that what he didn't see was enough contact between those two heads when he saw it uh, in real time, right? Mm. But once he decided to go over and look on the screen, I knew it. I knew we had it then. The only thing that was variable was how much Ams was prepared to slow things down to avoid overturning his own ridiculous decision in the first place. I mean, for me, one, it took too long for him to get over there and it then took too many looks at it for him to make a decision for what, for me, which is what it's there for. It's there for clear and obvious, right? For me, it was pretty clear and obvious that he should have given it the first time yeah i think lucas was in the var Mm. i would love to hear the conversation between lucas is like yeah mate that's a penalty oh no i don't think so mate (laughs) (laughs) no seriously come on look at it no i don't really want to did you not watch the adelaide game last week i don't like these guys kurt Kurt adams was was standing there at the uh, viewing screen just shaking his head as well like trying to i don't know if he was trying to wrap his head around his own mistake or (laughs) lucas had to talk him into it yeah that's what it seemed like yeah it seemed like he was getting a a phone call from you know greg o'rourke or something saying mate you better give that or you're lining up at seno (laughs) (laughs) after the adelaide game that's fair enough too i mean he did everything he could throughout the entire game to to make us even more angry i felt (laughs) (laughs) 
And I mean, yeah. far, far be it from us to to you know go all refs fault. I don't. And everything I don't like, like refs faulting. But, well, but he just he just rubs me the wrong way massively. And for starters, he should have never got our game. Exactly. I, he should have never ever been appointed on this after what happened the other week in Adelaide. Never. How did they let that happen? Like that, you're you're, you're hitting the yeah. nail on the head. I was angry, and we hadn't even got there yet. Mm. <laughs> I think <laughs> that was like we were going to get screwed over, and the game hadn't even started. Exactly. It's like nobody's listening to us, and so then after we bring out Bozo the clan ref, <laughs> then then he proceeds to give us pretty much a you know barreling. Hence the uh, pre-game Yellow Army post about playing against 12 men. Wow. <laughs> I was pre-salty. <laughs> pre-salty. Uh, of course, it was Marco Urenia who opened the scoring for the Mariners. Um, tidy little finish through the legs of Liam Reddy. Oh, lovely. Very happy for him to get another goal. Didn't realise Snakes had legs, actually, that he could slot him through, but there yeah, you go. True, <laughs> true. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a hard game to judge because of the conditions. Because, I mean, it was pretty bad. The, the end closer to Bay 16 seemed worse than the rest of the pitch and that seemed to be the pitch the that seemed to be the section of the pitch that they were rolling more and that they were checking out more pre-game I found the north eastern side and the south western area yeah. to be the worst so it's, it's it's a hard game to sort of judge because of that but I think the pitch played okay but mm. they could definitely notice in parts where uh, the the Role of the ball affected the play is probably the nice way of saying it. Well, there was maybe, uh, or there was definitely actually a, a pretty clear opportunity in the first half. Another one for Urania who broke the line uh, and was essentially one on one with Reddy, and the ball just sort of held up just as he went to strike it. Mm. Yeah, and you can see even with Dan Bauman with the sort of assist, I guess you can call it, down the wing, just as he's about to cross the ball, the ball almost stops dead, and he has to do this little sort of a shuffle just to get the ball in. So mm. there's all these sort of little bits that change the role of the ball and potentially change change the outcome of the game but um three I that think, did yeah, um, i think all in all it was all right three that did do well with dds um Bizanich and Niz though they thrived in the wet yeah yeah but there wasn't there, there wasn't really too many risky risky passes or i think we 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 played to the conditions as best as we could there wasn't any moments where i thought you know we're we're not playing this too smartly there was a, a few things maybe in attack where we were maybe Trying to be a little bit too fancy, DDS a couple of times losing the ball, but um, you know when he could have maybe just kept it a little bit more simple given the conditions. But um, I think all in all we managed the conditions well. Oh, the the you mean through the legs, try and backhill sideways? Yeah, just a couple of little flicks and stuff around because, the box. I think that happened because the ball held up more than what he thought it would. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah I think he was trying to correct it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of being a bit too cute, we saw another one in the second half from Bruno Fornaroli who. Uh, <laughs> inexplicably um, tried to Rabona um, when it seemed easier to score than not and he's completely miscued it. Absolute sitter. Bummer. <laughs> Unlucky. <laughs> what a shame. What an idiot. What a shame. <laughs> Things you love to see. Yes. Um, yeah. Seems like we maybe controlled this one a little bit better, of course, as I think you mentioned earlier, Jimmy, there were passages of, of play uh, where Perth or periods of the game that Perth dominated a bit more and then periods where we grew back into it maybe it was Luke that mentioned it one of you possession wise though, it was nearly 50-50 um, 46% for us 54 for them um, the shots though um, we had 15 shots overall 7 on target Perth had 8 with only 3 on target it's probably the area of that possession that felt more biased towards them I think they camped in our half a lot more than we did in theirs 
but I think we broke them up a lot better than we did in the previous game. So they had more control of the game uh, in Perth um, for longer periods, um, even though we had some control of the game. In this game, we broke that up a lot better and didn't really let them have that level of control for very long. So I thought, generally, I thought we were, you know, improved on our performance anyway from the Perth um, game. I think the biggest impact for them was D'Agostino coming on at halftime. Um, he completely changed the game. Completely. I think, you know, we we started pretty well. You know, we got the goal, which was obviously well worked as well, um, between Niz and then Bauman and then Simo, then back to Bauman. Um, really well worked team goal, which is something that we, we haven't seen much of uh, in previous sort of seasons. Um, and then Perth sort of got back into it, started to come, come good, started to control it a bit. There was... Too much time on the ball for Kilkenny and for Otter and for all mm. of all of their quality players. We we kept you know we kept Castro pretty quiet, but their goal came because we gave Neil Kilkenny about six hours on the ball to cross it in. <laughs> and if you watch the replay, you can see when the ball goes to Kilkenny, Bazanik's on the edge of the box, sort of marking Castro, and he points sort of to Kilkenny almost like he's sort of gesturing Urania to get across to him. And Urania just stands there. So I, I don't know if that was meant to be his man or not. If that was sort of the area that he was sort of pressuring. If Bazanic had of sort of broke the line, then Castro would have been um, free. So it was it was it was a bit of a hard one, just a bit of a mix up, I think. And then Fornaroli does what Fornaroli does and gets the wrong side of rolls. I think it was and um, good header. Yeah, striker's header. Yeah, not much you could do about that. Unlike no. the Rabona, that was quality. <laughs> <laughs> I did think there were a couple of points early in the game where I thought well, we could sort of get away with this. Like we hit the, um, Ollie hit the woodwork at the outside of the left foot. Oh, 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 what a strike! If that had gone in, yeah, oh my God. yeah, completely different game. I think they would have been chasing. We just hit and you know, take it and play on the counter. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Nizzy uh, picking up the fans' player of the match. Uh, what a game! So good. Machine. Yeah, what so a player. Mm. So good. I mean, it's so good to see him. I think I said last week, I, I think to say that he struggled in the last couple of games might be a bit harsh, but maybe not having as much of an impact. But, I mean, on the weekend, huge impact. Huge impact. The amount of times he won the ball back, the amount of times he's putting balls through. Also, in the attack, he's, he's almost he's, he was sort of having that impact that he had earlier on in the season, but playing it different sort of a position which is yeah really good to see he's been utilized as you say in a few different sort of roles this year he started the year playing out wide a little bit more um obviously he's had to come into the middle to to cover uh Stenzer's absence over the last couple of weeks um he did have a chance when he went back out wide towards the end of the game though potentially to win it late late on as well mm. He's not a goal scorer. <laughs> <laughs> but we want that. We want that bad. Yeah, so come it's on, the, it's, it's put the, us out of our misery. It's the one thing really that he's missing from his game at the moment is yeah. scoring goals. And I mean, he, he had a few more chances earlier on in the season. This is probably the first real chance he's had in the last couple of games since he's been playing a little bit deeper. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a tough one. But He's making his way. He smashed that one against the post in Wellingong. Should, yeah. have, should have had that. Yeah. We wanted it. We would have ripped the roof off the place. Mm. Oh, yeah, the place is going to explode when he finally <laughs> bags one. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I hope he gets one soon, I hope it's at home. That'd um, be nice. Obviously, our next uh, next game is away from home. But, you know, what? If, he's, if he scores down there, I'll take it too. Tear up home. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing that we did do well in this game, though, is that we, we did 
limit the amount of crosses into the box compared to the last sort of couple of games. I think we against MacArthur and then against Perth, we had 70 crosses against us almost. Mm. And this game we had about 20 in the one game. So it's 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 a lot less than what we've had in the last sort of couple of games, which it's I think that was they didn't have as many Yeah, but they the didn't crosses. have as many clear clear chances and I mean they got the goal off the cross, which we just let happen, which was just that's the, on us. The quality of the crosses though made a difference. Like yeah. Perth uh, crosses were a lot more effective than um, MacArthur. <laughs> than yeah. MacArthur or. But it's the always a danger. Game. I mean, that that last sort of like forty-five minutes in the Perth away game, they were just all over us. Yeah, all over us. But I think we limited that to a degree in this game, and that's that's you know in the end that's why we got the pen because we got back into the game. We made our own luck. We saw Marco Urenia departing the field um, sort of early-ish in the second half, and he was none too happy about it. It's the first time we've seen he sort was, of any not-happiness. He was good in the first half, and he, I don't know, was a bit anonymous to start with. He looked gassed. Mm. Yeah. yeah he, he, first 15 like, minutes of the second half, the work rate just wasn't there mm. from him and from a couple of others, and probably from Bauman as well. Mm. Um, there was, that we just were doing the same thing that we've been doing late on in the last sort of couple of games. We just... Came out and gave them way too much of the ball, not enough energy. Um, I mean, it's it's good that he's not happy for me. Yeah, I, I don't, mean, I don't hate seeing it. It's yeah. not like he absolutely blew up, like you know, like a Barisha did um, yeah. when he came off earlier in the season, or or um, you know, certain other players made from time to time. But you know, you'd you'd prefer to see it, um, or you'd prefer to see some sort of passion than than not nothing. Yeah, mm. for sure, absolutely. I, 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 it was the right substitution. But he doesn't have to like it, and I, I get you know, and I'm I'm happy with that. I, I see no problem. I liked it, all yeah. of it, every bit. At the end of the day, though, you know, he's he's a professional. Stage is a professional, and I've I've no doubt they've both moved moved on, um, and and gotten over it. You know, standard practice, surely. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yep. I think so. Yeah, was over before the final whistle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would have been. So joining us this afternoon on the Coast Football Ramble podcast, we have uh, Central Coast Mariners Head of Football, Ken Shembury. Ken, how are you going? Very well, thank you. Good, good. Great to have you alongside us, mate. Thanks for taking the time. Firstly, and I guess pretty importantly, uh, your sauce, mate, is that in the fridge or in the cupboard? Cupboard. Right answer. Good man. Correct, yes. I knew I liked you. Yep, mm. beautiful. Yep. Is it Master Foods? Absolutely. Good. Do you reckon Do you reckon that's what, what you answered the first time we asked you that, Ken? You didn't ask me that. You actually asked me, did I fold oh. or crumble? Oh. <laughs> oh. Quality. It was back to that. Right, right, right. We were trying to work this out. <laughs> we were oh, trying to remember smart. what it was. Um, so you've been at the club for a while now and as the academy director and have this season stepped up into the new role as the head of football. Mm-hmm. How's, uh, how's the transition been for you and what are maybe some of the challenges? Yeah, look, it's been uh, it has been a challenge. I'm not going to deny that, um, but exciting one, um, obviously. Uh, and to be truthful, I was thinking of retiring, and then the um, <laughs> challenge came up to uh, get an opportunity to work with the big boys. So I decided to bat on and uh, work with Alan and Naz and Sean about uh, trying to change a few things around the organisation to make us perform a little bit better. Um, so you know, working in the framework that we've got. Uh, was, is challenging. Obviously, we're 
not a very financial club, but we put into place some structures where I guess we combined some beliefs that the clubs has about uh, experience in youth working together and trying to balance budgets to make that work. And good news is the experienced boys we brought in combined with the youngsters are delivering. So it's a, it's, it's a success story at the moment. So there's, it looks like there's been a fair sort of a shift in mentality um, across sort of the whole club, really, the, the, all the way through the youth and into the first team. Is there any sort of particular thing that we can put that down to? Or, or is, is, is that what came first? Or it's did UK, the wins come first? It's and then, and no. then the positivity. <laughs> uh, look, I think it's the culture that we wanted to bring. You know? I think it's really important that players believe in themselves and the club believes in itself and... You know, we have introduced that across the club in younger grades for a while and now that's flowed naturally, I think. And all in all, um, you know, we formed a strong leadership group this year and had really good chats with that group about the importance of their role, gave them clear guidelines, what we wanted from them and uh, how we saw that group of leaders, um, you know, enveloping if you like the youngsters and bringing them from you know kids on the park playing NPL into players playing A-League with regular minutes or if not regular minutes uh, being able to impact an A-League game is what we worked on and you know um, I put a lot of the success down to the combination of factors but it's a team game right and most important part of all of this are the players if we um you know, it's not all kudos anywhere else. The players are the ones that have to deliver and perform. And we started with the smallest squad in the league. Of you know, we didn't even have 18 players. That was the minimum amount you're allowed to have. And we find we got there by promoting a whole lot of babies and to fill the roster. But we're there now, and we're trying to reward a few more of those youngsters with scholarships as we go and things like that. So you know, yeah, positivity, belief. Um, and that, you know, that's what it's all about, really. And you get on a roll, don't you? You know, once you start, um, it keeps going till someone cuts your legs off, I guess. True. You mentioned <laughs> the leadership group there. What what did you guys see in Kai Rolls? Because to me, it was a little bit of a surprise. Mm. So what so what did you guys spot in him that you thought, yes, he should be a part of it? Uh, yeah, Kai was the youngest one we brought along in that group. But it was partly to do with, A, the group was... Um, selected a little bit by the by the players themselves and then we sort of moulded that. The boys got to vote on that as who they wanted. But Kai, um, being a defender, back of the park, youngster, um, na- little bit of national experience, we saw it also as being really good for his development and character. I think you can see that in the way he's playing this year, right? Definitely stepped up. Yeah, so, you know, giving him some responsibility has been uh, rewarding to the club and himself, I think. One thing that, that must really be sort of tough in times like this is, of course, international recruitment. And maybe it's sort of been a bit, I guess, hit and miss in, in years gone by. Um, how does the club sort of manage that process? Oh, I think it's the hardest process, being truthful. Um, it's one of the roles that I've been asked to get involved in going forward. And, uh, you know, if you look at the success stories around recruitment in the A-League from visa players... Every, you know, the big the big boys, the big guns are successful, but 
You know, there's been a lot of players who have come in and they probably haven't performed as much as people would like them to. Um, I think the days of lots of visa players are limited uh, in our game. Um, certainly at our club, there's a, a strong belief in um, giving young Australian boys the opportunity that maybe a young foreign boy would be getting. And if we can give that to a local boy and achieve success, then that's a better success story for us. Um, you know, I don't want to put a number on it, but you know, maybe having less visa players, but having higher profile visa player might be the better better combination as to pros. Five or six visa, five visa boys, as the rules can give you. So the academy boys <coughs> have started really well again this season. They're obviously two from two, looking pretty uh, impressive from what we saw last weekend with quite a few new new faces as as well. Sort of given all of the changes. How have you managed sort of those boys stepping up from the academy now that also, you, I guess, you have to also manage them as a part of the A-League squad mm. and also making sure that the academy sort of doesn't slip away sure. given that they've lost so much of their sort of mainstays from past season? Look, it's a balance. Um, you know, if you look at... If we left all the boys back there, we'd win NPL 2 and get promoted for sure. But it's not what it's about, right? It's, um, you know... A number of these youngsters. So if they've if they're on a scholarship or above on a pro contract, they will train full time with the A League squad, and then depending on where they're selected, they'll play. So with the current rules of up to seven substitutes in A League, of which you know five of those are playing sort of thing, um, that does hurt the development of some boys, and that's one of the tricks of trying to how do we manage their continued development. Um, while still allowing the first team to have a strong strong bench by position. So, you know, the benches are usually selected by balancing your defenders, midfielders and strikers to fill roles. Um, we look at the draw. So the draw in MPL to A-League is difficult till the end of May. That's the reality. And we just got the new draw today. So, you know, one of the first things we look at is, OK, When's there a clash? When's there a problem? Who can we, you know, and all that. So on a weekly basis, the process starts on Monday. We start planning for this week's games. So um, at the moment, MPL will play on Saturday and A-League will play on Monday. Um, it's probably more ideal if the A-League was to play on Friday and the MPL was to play on Sunday. It works perfectly, but you've just got to manage it. And we've done that. So last week we had two different boys in the MPL to maybe the week before and maybe that's the trick to try and keep that little those boys getting their minutes up so they can A perform when required in A in A League space. But look we've set a we've set an objective and I think the continuity of staff for the first time in a while. In yeah. a while has really helped. So, you know, Al, Alan and Naz having their second year and Monty and Serge are having their second year. And so that's no coincidence that you've got the balance there. Um, it's a rare year in football New South Wales where four teams are getting promoted, right? So we have to finish in the top four. That's, that's a, a definite aim for the club this year, whilst at the same time, it's vital that the A-League improves its performance from last year. So, you know, we've set those parameters for ourselves. So. You know, we, you need to do it all, really. If you want to have a good year, you've got to do it all. So, speaking of youth, um, making the step up has been the likes of Maxi, Ballard, Alou, 
um, Matt Hatch, Dan Hall getting minutes and Nizzy becoming a real mainstay in the first team. And it must be uh, an enormous sense of pride seeing these kids step up and uh, growing and developing in the senior squad for you. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's what it's about, right? When you can when you can sit in the grandstand and, you know, know that, um, you know, you've had... The club's had an influence on allowing these players to grow and become better footballers and made good decisions about the right kids and they're now playing on the on the stage that's terrific you know so you know i was as happy as everybody else in the crowd when hatchie scored it was for a lot of reasons his dad was you know stepdad's right in front of me it was all emotional for him it was emotional for all of us you get your pride when the boy gets his moment and you just want him to do well don't you you know and uh that was a rare moment he was you know he's lucky boy he's blessed for that so you know lots of people don't get that moment in football but Hatchie's a bit like that. He's had a couple, you know, he had a great grand final last year with two cracking goals as well. So, but I think that one will take a bit of beating for him in a while. But yeah, look, it's good. Nizzy's a great story. Obviously, he's, you know, he's him and Alou are a bit of our cult heroes at the moment in the club, whereas, you know, um, he's a mainstay. People see what he does, but, you know, there's a great story in the press about him this week and that that was pretty accurate Benny Khan his coach told the story pretty right when he I remember it really clearly when he brought him so it's true you know after five or six minutes I've gone wow this boy can play so you know the rest is history and he just needed someone to give him the chance because too too many others make that easy decision you know he's got to take too many steps he's got to take twice as many steps as every other player well if anyone watched the game on the weekend that's not an issue yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic story. And um, yeah, Vince and, and, as you say, Benny Khan told it really well yeah. uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald during the week. Um, we have a question here that's coming from our CEO, Sean Millicamp, uh, who asks, who are some of the best kids that you've had as juniors? And also, who are some of the best that you've had to cut? <laughs> I cut Arlene Stadgic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bad... <laughs> He often reminds me of that one. <laughs> so, yeah, so, no, I mean, the term cut's a bit harsh, but uh, it is a common common trait, yes. It's not. It's probably the most unpleasant task of the job is when you've got to release people that have been at your club for a while. But, oh, we've had a lot of great... I mean, in my career... Um, well, that's a good question. I've been... Uh, I coached Adam Kwasnick when he was... Um, Adam was probably 17, 16, 17, played for me. Look, we've had, there's a lot of boys, you know... Matty Ryan was around with me when I was when we were at Black in the Blacktown days. But in recent times, like this club's got a lot of good kids, and um, it's now about you know trying to develop young local children to get to those levels. And I think we're doing that with uh, each year we're getting better in that space and and, and doing that. But you know, you've all got the ones you love. Um, I was a huge fan of Kwasnick. I'm not going to lie about that. Kwasa was he was probably one of my favourites coming through the ranks he could always do that little bit of different and he should have got to a higher level than he did in my opinion uh, he should have he probably restricted himself to be honest but um, I remember going overseas with him when uh, we went to West Ham together I took him over and in my opinion he was good as a number of people there but you know you had to be better right you couldn't be just as good as and he was playing with some high-profile youngsters at that time over there. So he had Joe Cole and young Frank Lampard and blokes like that. So, you know, but because it was good, he was probably one I've, I've liked. And obviously the Matty Ryan story is a good story. 
So yeah, there were a couple of boys who've done particularly well. But there's others, Scotty Jammer. There's lots of boys playing in the A-League right now. So Jammer's done well. He's at Melbourne City. So Yeah, like, but now it's about our kids. I think we've got some youngsters in the... Particularly in the... Our 13s are a great crop of kids this year. Really decent crop. Um, there's one or two there that are could be high-profile kids coming forward. You know, So we've got a sprinkling across the club... Um, Young, we've got a couple of new ones. Got two new boys into the program that going well. Um, I lose younger brother, Jerang. He hasn't been here long, but he's made an impression. So you know, I'm not one for doing comparisons between brothers. So you know, we'll see how he goes. He's got to settle in and probably do the same sort of journey as Allow, and then we'll see where that goes. What about someone like Sakenis who? <coughs> Scored a great goal last week and scored four yeah. on the weekend casually. Yeah. What do you think of him? <laughs> uh, look, Damien's a good footballer. I think it's about consistency for Damien. So, you know, if you're going to be a striker and, you know, the fact that he can score goals and he scored an excellent goal the week before um, against Wanderers, mm. um, you know, there was a bit of individual brilliance around that goal. Uh, so he's got that in his kit back. But, you know, he's, we've worked on a few things with Damien. I think he's really improved in those aspects. He's growing into his game. So he's not far away. I mean, you know, we've had a really good crop of front front third players in recent times. So, you know, whether it's Sakenis, Smiley, Alou, are a pretty awesome front three. You've got Katsoulis, Harry McCarthy, you know, joining that crew. So all good kids. Yeah. All good kids. So are you involved in the <laughs> recruitment as well for the first team now? Yeah, I will yeah. be, yes. So, so something that I guess we've got wrong in the past is obviously the visa plays, whereas this season it looks like we've pretty much got it spot on, I guess. Yeah. How did we? How do you think, what sort of change this year, I guess, in the mentality with recruiting visas? You know, I guess obviously COVID sort of yeah. went out. I think, yeah, COVID's COVID's affected the world game for sure and that you'll see anywhere around the world there's lots and lots lots of less movement of players. So that, you know, the window in the UK was empty this year. Like, it's unbelievable, the the lack of player movement in the EPL, right? So, and that's going to take a while to resettle and the marketplace to re-establish itself. But I think it will, um, you know, for their next season. So, you know, next August, this August, September, I think the competitions will start to turn around over there. Um, And I think that's an important thing to to look at. But, yeah, look, whether it's visa recruitment or local recruitment, you know... um, it's easier to recruit the locals because you get to know them better and, you know, it, we're pretty big on the characters and who yeah. we bring in and are they going to fit the mould and what we want. So it's it's a bigger risk with a boy from overseas who you watch on video and, you know, you get lots of good reports, but you've got to find the people that might give you the other side of the coin as well, right? You don't want to recruit it. off a YouTube video, do you? No, <laughs> not really. Prefer not to. Mario Jardel. <laughs> um, do you feel the cost of SAP football in the younger ages uh, hinders kids getting into good football programs and hence uh, hurts football in the country? Um, no, I don't think so. I think there's a... I mean, if you look at the fact that New South Wales, there's 50-odd SAP clubs, right, running full programs. Um, I don't think there's... A, I don't think it's a financial limitation. What I actually think it is is... A, um, the limitation on football development comes from a lack of coaching education. So my biggest thing on the coast is the lack of coaching education that goes on to find better coaches to coach children in community clubs. So it's a bit of a pet of mine. Um, 
I started doing some work with CCF last year, personally running some courses and that because the number of, you know, it's a difficult thing. If you want to commit to being a coach, it's a lot of time, personal time, away from your family. Our lifestyles have all changed, right? None of us work nine to five anymore. Mm -hmm. So that commitment in investing into a, a young group of children, um, but you need to have the knowledge and you need to have the processes and you need to have all that. So. You know, cost is often often brought up, but I think the marketplaces of all games have got their own level. Um, would I like it to be cheaper? Yep. Would I like it to be free? Absolutely. Um, the reality of that for this club, for the moment, it's not true. It's not real. What about someone like a Stefan Jankovic, who I've seen a few questions get asked about him around, obviously young <laughs> visa player, <laughs> saw him briefly in the first game of the season off the top of my head. Haven't seen anything of him since. I've seen a few things around that he's apparently sort of like a project. I don't know if that's sort of right or not, but yeah, can you give us an update on him? Yeah, Stefan's um, a very good boy. He's um, He came from the, a Serbian club that we've developed a relationship with, OFK, because um, one of our boys is over there, Joey Jetvich, has gone over. So Joey's gone over and done particularly well. Also a good player. Yeah, so, but, you know, if you compare Joey to, like, the move over there for Joey's been more successful, I think, than by staying. Had he stayed here, he might not have got his chance because there was a few ahead of him in the queue. So he went over there. So we reciprocated with that club to try and bring another young boy here to expose to our environments, to develop as a project, to see if there's some bigger fish we can get into that later on. And at the moment... Um, you know, he's got to earn his right to play. We're not bringing him in. It's hard to get in the team at the moment. Yeah, so it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Like, you know, Michael Yonata's a decent player. Can't get a start. Why is that? Matty Simon, Alou Quall and Marco Serena are going great. Mm. So, you know, until suspensions, injuries or poor performance become regular, um, sometimes you've got to wait your moment. But when it comes, I always say to the young ones, your moment will come, and when it comes, you've got to be ready. And, you know, we've been lucky this year with Quoll and, you know, in particular. You know, he's done particularly well whether he starts or comes off the bench, right? So, and he's awkward, difficult to defend, um, gives you something. And, you know, you can see the expectation in people what mm. going... There's a fear when he comes on the pitch, almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and, you know, and the other night, you know, inches from being hero again, he, you know, he probably... For me, he should have taken it with his left peg, but, you know, that's a technical matter, <laughs> which I reminded him of. <laughs> so how do you go about managing some of these young guys' expectations now? Because, I mean, obviously, like someone like a Kowal, I don't think he would expect to be starting every week, and I guess he's probably, you know, pretty happy right now. But sort of, you know, even someone like a Lewis Miller, who we've seen come into the team, drop out of the team, goes back to play NPL on the weekend, mm -hmm. how do you manage those sorts of moments sort of mentally yeah. with them? They're the, they're the difficult moments, right? Um, when they're on the upward cycle like uh, Qual, it's it's comfortable. You know, you've, A, you keep them grounded. B, you rely on your leadership group to make sure they stay grounded. So, you know, we talk to Matty Simon always to talk to Qual. But Marcos Riorena is excellent with the youngsters. He seems really good as well. No, he's excellent with the educational side for the younger boys. He, like, if you watch training, he's the one that he will tell them, stay calm. You know, you've got time on the ball. Like, he's very good at that. And so the senior boys will 
you know, they naturally will lead the younger ones, particularly if they're performing. I think it's easy. The difficult ones are the boys, okay, they've dropped down the peg, right, and how do you get them back? And, you know, we, um, Alan and I had a chat to Lewis Miller a week ago and said, here's some challenges for you, and these are the reasons why you are where you're at. Um, now it's up to you. Bottom line is, you know, we can't play for them, and we, but we can address their mentality, hopefully, and provide, hopefully, an opportunity for them to be able to come back as something I'm always keen on. Yeah. Something we've seen a bit of debate about over the last, uh, well, couple of years now, I guess, is um, whether the A-League should be played over summer or winter, um, whether we should align with the MPL seasons. Do you have any thoughts around that? Um, yeah, I do a bit. Um, I personally prefer the summer, um, only because it gives football purists 52 weeks a year of football. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Look, you know, there, I remember back when it first went to, the game first went to summer, there was lots of, you know, negativity towards that. Um, but we've seemed to manage the, you know, I think the false environment around the heat. You know, it's not, not very real. I don't think we've had a game all year, really, where we've had, we might have had one game so far where the heat's been a factor, right? It's been the opposite lately. So, you know, plenty of water around. But, um, you know, I think that's something. But, you know, we, I think we need to align it in, a way to allow our national teams to get better players, better exposure. Um, you know, the the NPL should underpin the A League always, and so that needs to be able to allow youngsters to play. So if you look at right now, where we're later this year, and that whole first round in A League versus NPL is difficult for A League academies to perform in. So. All of our clubs, whether it's Sydney, Wanderers, etc., we've all got the same difficulty to manage, whereas it's easy to focus on the developmental practices, but I prefer to be an MPL 1 than MPL 2 for development practices. Um, harder games, better opposition for the children, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, but I, I do like summer. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Really appreciate your insight this afternoon, Ken. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here. Uncle Ken, as you're fondly known as by the mm. staff here. So yes. <laughs> thanks once again for taking the time, mate. Okay, no problem at all, boys. Enjoy. Alrighty, moving on to other Central Coast Mariners things. Um, we've mentioned it a couple of weeks over the last, uh, a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, I should say, uh, the GoFundMe uh, for the Coast Football Ramble podcast. That is now live, um, so we'll post that across the socials. Uh, I've just hit the go live button. Oh, how good is that? Um, so, look, yeah, any, any sort of small amount that you can spare would be sensational. I feel like I'm about to be electrocuted with my headphones. <laughs> I think you are. Yeah, there's a lot because of loose cables going on around. The wires are hanging out. Bit yes. of a dangerous working environment, but uh, yeah. So we do have some uh, rewards for donations. Uh, if you pledge $50, uh, we will do a local league match report written by you. And if you don't write it, we'll embellish the truth, I guess, or do whatever you want. Uh, $100, uh, you get to ghostwrite a Fred's question. That's um, the highlighted question at the start of the show, the prime spot. $150, you get a guest spot. Uh, we phone in so we can, uh, you know, we'll call you or you call us. Uh, you get a guest spot on the pod. And for $200, you get to do it in the studio. You can come in here, have a chat with us, sit down, have a talk and get on the pod. And if we reach our $2,000 goal, 
uh, we're all going to wear a full kit to the match <laughs> and uh, we'll plaster photos of it all over social media. It, I guess if we get more than that, then we can put another um, a stretch goal in, I guess. A stretch goal, stretch target. We'll work something out. Look, we were going to copy Kowal doing the warm-up, but it just feels a bit derivative after those kids did it. <laughs> 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 I don't want to steal their thunder. Yeah, yeah. No, let them let them get around that. So we'll make up something. Um, we've had a, uh, a lot of dom- donations come through from the ccmfans.net forum. Um, huge amount of generosity displayed there. Thank you all so much uh, to Wombat, Green League, Ancient Mariner, Style Cafe, True Believer, Fulham, or FFC Mariner. Uh, midfielder Tim insert name here uh, that is actually their forum name I'm not <laughs> <laughs> not uh, just reading off a prompter um, Ozhammer Teva Pat Jennings Forum Phoenix Hutto and Tazzy Mariner um, o- o- thank you all so much for your donations um, absolutely sensational yeah thank you to uh, Wombat for organising that too so good that's um, yeah, we're about that's to retire aren't we <laughs> wow <laughs> Sort I'm going to sail off into the sunset. It's a little bit emotional. That's that's very nice yeah, support. It, look, the amount of support that we've seen on the forum is just... It is really humbling. Sort of like, blew me away how quickly it's, yeah. it's taken. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm nearly speechless, actually. I'm yeah. glad we're winning because our pods are not as positive <laughs> when we're not winning. <laughs> just but saying. As if you donate 50 bucks to hear four blokes whinge every week. Well, <laughs> it's, it's been... It's a concern. It's been a hard, you know... Five, six years of, you know, talking about results. Um, yeah, just it's, it's, uh, it's, I know there was a lot of fans glad that we were talking about the results and, you know, we were rather depressing, I guess. They could feel that, you know, they weren't alone and they could relate to us and that there were others out there. And it's just so good that now we can share how happy we are with you. Yeah. And yep. it, it really is humbling that you enjoy this program and what we've produced over the years thank you it is because we just wanted to try and do plan a better but <laughs> we just we no matter how better we did plan a we just didn't yeah and i mean and hopefully everyone um thinks that we've kept it completely sort of independent as what we've always you know we never wanted to be obviously be sort of an official thing or be be a part of the club officially we we, we always wanted it to be you know all fan run and be honest and Hopefully we've done that. Yeah, we have criticised the club when they've deserved it. So, you know. yeah, always happy to call a spade a spade. Um, Imagine somebody pays pays two hundred dollars to come in here and see un- how unprofessional <laughs> we are. <laughs> we should do a blog before we get the new equipment of what Just this saying. shit looks like. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, a, v- a vlog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, Jimmy. You were uh, back in Bay Sixteen with a drum. On, I've always, on well, I've been in Bay 16 since. Yeah, but this time with a drum. I did have a drum. Um, thank you to Dan Campbell from Synergy FM, who have uh, who has shouted the Yellow Army a drum. Uh, he purchased a yellow floor tom for us, so thank you for the support. Um, Synergy FM are an Australian-owned and operated facility management company. Uh, they can do your cleaning, garden maintenance, uh, building maintenance, and building management. So we're going to catch up with him. Uh, in Bay Road before the next game and um, can't wait to meet him. But, uh, I enjoy playing the drum. Yeah, it was great to hear you. You were coming through loud and clear on the broadcast in the in the media box as well. Um, so, yeah, again, just another sort of, I guess, shout out to, to everyone. You know, get to Bay 16 for the next home game. It's a Saturday night game, prime time against Melbourne Victory. Hopefully it's not pissing down rain. Yeah. The um, of course our Mariners Academy um, keep things rolling on. And round two, they uh, went down to Mounties Wanderers on Sunday afternoon. 
7-2. That one finished up there. Four, four goals to Damien Sakenis. Uh, Reese Jing got on the score sheet. James Bayless as well, and one own goal. Um, Close pretty, one. Pretty, <laughs> and then it kicked Smashed. off. Mm. Smashed. And they've scored 10 goals in their first two games of the season. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, it's, it's good to see the academy pick up where they left off last season because I like we uh, spoke to Ken about today the the you know the concern was losing the amount of first teamers from the academy into the A League squad was going to mm. you know potentially hinder uh, the season for the academy but there's a few new faces in there a few a few faces in there that were sort of hanging around last season that have stepped up so good to see something I really like about it as well is there's been there are a lot of sort of doubters and naysayers that came out of the woodwork after we did the double last season, winning the Premiership and Championship, saying, oh, it's a fluke, it's because of COVID, you know, the shortened season, et cetera, et cetera. Um, two games in and, you know, can't see them anywhere. Yeah, and the whole game is on uh, MPL.tv. So if you want to watch the Academy game, you can go there and watch it. Of course, free to sign up to MPL.tv. There is an iPhone and an Android app as well, which you can download. Um, so, yeah, get around that. I uh, think we have another match of the we- uh, match of the round coming up in two or three weeks' time, I think, when we play... Uh, it might be Spirit FC. I'll get back to you on that. I think goal's a weird surname. <laughs> it's uh, Hungarian, I believe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'd like to see some um, home games recorded too, but um, that's another pod. That's another pod. That's a whole pod. <laughs> um, Jimmy, you have an annoyance this week. It's just a small annoyance. Um, Instagram accounts, if you go on there, there's like <laughs> 10... Mariners fan run accounts and they all post the exact same stuff and then they disappear for six months and then they come back and post stuff for another couple of weeks and it's just like just just amalgamate and just you know talk is it because we're going sort it out get together it's because we're going well that's why like the graphic art of you know these people's accounts just I don't know go to TAFE and learn it Jimmy's been at the unfollow button. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Block and report. <laughs> uh, the Melbourne City game away down there on Monday the 22nd, that's going to be shown at Mingara. Um, you can check out the Mariners website for all the details on that one. We'll also be doing a live episode of Mariners TV uh, from there. So, um, yeah, get down there uh, for the pregame show if you like. We should be there in full kit, just, you know, like, Watching Peter's warm up and ju- jumping <laughs> back and forth across in front of the stage doing star jumps and That'd burpees. Huh? I'm usually fine doing Mariners TV because we've just got the production crew in front of us and that's it. No um, idiots. Couple of couple of cameras, but with you idiots in the crowd, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to go. <laughs> You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble podcast. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Just a reminder, I know you probably already know this considering you're listening to it, but just go out in the street and shout at people. You can find the pod on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Sportsmate A-League live app, Local Carrier Pigeon and the ccmfans.net forum. Just uh, share it around, give us likes, give us comments. We love your feedback. Um, yeah, the more, you know, the more interaction we have with you, the better we can service this pod for you. And the podcast last week had the, our most listens ever just has a bit of a side note yeah so we don't know what's happening but thanks <laughs> i think it's uh, the, uh, push having notifications and having a successful football team to talk yes. about mm. might might help there um now luke something we spoke about last week your um 
your team of the week, team of the season, team of the decade with uh, that you have grievances against? Yeah, my dislike eleven. Yes, um, I have not completed. Yeah, but of course you have. I think I'm 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 working on it from you know from the back to front. What formation I'm going to play is going to be four four two with a diamond, uh, you know three four two one. You know how am I going to play? You know two strikers up top. Do I want one up top? Do I not like two strikers enough to have You've them up top weeks, together? Mate. Like it's hard. Point. Every week there's a new dickhead that comes around, and I got to change shit. So is Mork in there? Um, yeah, hundred percent. Mork, Good. Halloran, Liam Reddy in goals. Uh, James Troisi in the midfield. Uh, incredible. Work rate last night from James Troisi <laughs> on the goal for Wellington. Good try, mate. mate the speedy turned his neck um, to watch that goal go in. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> Half ass stick out of leg. I want it known we've been making suggestions for this team. We've yeah, been auditioning. Uh, yeah, players. I mean, I don't need any help because there's a lot of them around <laughs> right now. So, um, yeah, the dislike eleven will be here next week. Information, full squad, and coaches, assistant coaches. Good. It better have staff, jets in it. Masseuse. Yeah. What about active support? <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, that's that's good actually. Yeah, that's an entire different team. Yeah, and can, stadium. I can pick an active support. Yeah, to suit stadium my, as well to suit my team. Yeah, stadium's a great shout, Jim. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Looking forward in to progress. that one next week. Yeah, work in progress. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble podcast. Looking at other uh, Australian League things or other league things uh, from the round that was Melbourne City 3, MacArthur nil on uh, last Friday night. Trounced. I thought this was going to be like 8 nil, given what happened in the first half. They scored three goals in 10 minutes and uh, they were just all over them, all over them, which is uh, a pretty scary proposition for us next Monday. I tell you what, I'm loving MacArthur posting all the stats. <laughs> On their socials, apart yeah. from the uh, goals. The it's it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? I, they must have got themselves into some sort of sponsorship agreement. I was about to say, yeah. it's, a, it's a very odd sponsorship thing. Surely you see that before the season, that you're going to lose a game at some point. Yeah. And you're going to have to post stats with everything except the goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just look stupid. <laughs> weird flex. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Saturday night, I think the first game on Saturday night was Sydney and Newcastle, wasn't it? We were down watching the Mariners Academy, but we caught a few of the highlights. Um, sorry, Central Coast United um, we were watching. Um, Sydney FC 2, Newcastle Jets 1. Newcastle opened their scoring. Um, Redders, what's going on? Redders, what's the goalie, Dan? Um, not good in the last three or four games for them. And even Steve Corica has come out in the media and said look he needs to be better he needs to stop making mistakes and um sort of which i don't know if that's the best way to handle it maybe mm. i don't know but um you're not good but it's quite funny to see <laughs> especially the one on the weekend that was that was proper bad mm. yeah uh, just inexplicable um nearly from him um yeah good to see bad luck sydney that's um three in his last Unlucky. three weeks but obviously how, sydney ended up getting the chocolates how on about the Wilco with his first goal in ten years, eighty-four or years, yeah, yeah, like, and just no celebration. <laughs> Bad shank. <laughs> I think he was up in the top five for most games without a goal. Yeah, he'd I be think up I there. I saw Andrew Howe stat. Yeah, um, stat man post up. Yep, sorry, he'd, he'd be up there a hundred percent. Second game on Saturday night was Melbourne victory going down once again, three-one to Adelaide. I can't wait to play them as long as they keep the same uh, coach and lineup. I really thought Brebner was going to be sacked that night. Yep, 
I thought he was going to go straight down the tunnel. Um, the CEO was going to just go. Mate, well, the board's walking. backed him. That's surely a death sentence. Yeah, the board backed him weeks ago. Yeah. That's, yeah. Absolute scenes down in Melbourne, though. I mean, big problems down there. The line was crossed. It's good to see. <laughs> the line was crossed three times. Bummer. Game after hours on Sunday evening was Western United 1, Brisbane Raw 0. As long as teams keep winning one week and losing the next, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, these results are mostly going our way, which is good in terms of the table. So, um, no issues with that one. Diamante's doing Diamante things and uh, getting the assist for the winner. We oh, don't even some need ball. Some mm. ball. We don't even need results to go our way. Um, Not if we keep winning. With no. the season the way it's going, I reckon we will. I'd, I'd like yeah. to. I'd, yeah, just make me a little bit more comfortable. I think. Uh, true. After we wax city, we'll feel more comfortable. <laughs> as long as we can win it by at least one point, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, goal difference goal is difference. fine for me as well. Yeah, <laughs> if we win well, it on goal difference, we have that's done how we before, did it, wasn't it? Yeah, we have yes. done it before. Yeah, yeah, we've done it before. Why not? <laughs> Why not at all? Now. Uh, an interesting tidbit from this game. Rudin was told to shut up, Jim. That fourth official is a hero. Understandable. That oh, was a fourthy. Okay. And yeah. he apparently has um, regular form of doing that in the NPL in Victoria. He would tell players and the captains <laughs> and people on the sideline all to shut up constantly. Oh, good. Probably good. not the best I way like to it. go about your normal day job. Yeah. But um, given it was Mark Rudin, 100% back him. Do we know who the fourthy was for that game? Jack. No, Jack, uh, Jack Morgan or something like Jack someone, but I rate it. Do it again. Of course, the final game of the round we saw last night or Monday night, Western Sydney Wanderers four, Wellington Phoenix three. Absolute cracker! What are, what are with some of the games this season? What's the A League doing? What's what? I mean, it, it has been one of the most entertaining seasons in a while, mm. and. Given the circumstances, uh, you could probably forgive this season for not being overly entertaining. But, I mean, more kids, more substitutes, um, you know, some good visa players. We've we've done well this year to, to Another form of ball boys product. scoring too. Yeah. And, like, how many good goals were in this game? Like, four oh. or five of the goals were absolute screamers. Devlin was probably goal of the season so far for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Juki's... Good technique. On the turn. Perfect Ooh. technique. Not bad. Yeah. Is Let's it a foul, though? I think uh, he did push him, but I don't think it was enough for a foul. This the, is, the Wellington player mi- this uh, milked is, it. Yeah, this is where it's a bit of a tough one for me because you see our penalty given um, the day before. Mm. Was it that Paul? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Yep. Um, and for something kind of similar, like in the back sort of a thing, but I think because the Wellington player made so most yeah. made, made so much of it, I think he tried to. I mean, he could have probably won the ball if he if he didn't decide to. Yeah, he should milk a free kick. Try like. to get between Duke and the goal. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's, it's a bit of a tough one. Of course, we saw pretty late uh, controversy in that one as well with uh, Toma Hammond poking the ball home in the dying seconds of the game before VAR once again um, ruling it out. Moz thoughts. <laughs> 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 There's only one thought I have about VAR. Get rid of VAR. Luke, thoughts? Fuck VAR! <laughs> I don't like how the amount of times I was called for handball when it hit my shoulder mm. and then they go and measure, you know, your offside line off your shoulder. Mm. It's just ridiculous. 
Um, I had a suggestion. Why don't they just go off the feet? I know you can score with your head and that sort of stuff, but you know that's where your momentum's and your movement's going to come from is your feet. So just go from that. I mean, it should have been a goal for me. It's just it's way too close. You can't you can't tell me that you can see that clearly mm. that he's offside with that camera angle, that quality of a camera. When they put the lines down, when they zoom it in, I can see everybody pixel there. And it's it's just not high enough of a quality. You can't you can't tell me that that's clear and obvious that he's offside. Yeah, I don't know how much I trust that software as well. To be honest with you, no. Um, we found out how they line up the uh, right. offside as well. They go off the um, eighteen yard and the six yard mm-hmm. lines, which mm-hmm. is why we didn't have VAR at our match because of the paint got washed away. That's right. And, you know, that requires the eighteen yard and the six yard lines to be absolutely dead straight for that calibration to be perfect. Can you tell me that every single line is painted dead straight? No. If you want to measure these things in the coat of varnish on the end of the boot or, you know, the, the, the thickness of the material on the shirt, then <laughs> you have to measure all of these things that way. The line has to be spot on. The players, you know, those measurements have to be spot on. Um, the, the time that the, the ball is leaving the passer's foot, this is my nag, mm. that while ever we don't see that in the same frame as we see the player who's supposedly offside, how can we say that it's offside? Offside is not just the players in front of the other player. Um, it's just a broken system. And just do want to say actually about VAR, don't, don't, not my favourite thing that fans might, you know, consistently or persistently chant VAR at certain oh, times during the game, but at like the same it. time, I can understand it. I can understand it because it's just this ironic thing now where it's a bit of a joke, the VAR. So fans are taking it as a bit of a joke, and it is a bit of a joke. So if you want to take away the fans chanting about VAR, take away the joke. I tell you what, being in the active bay trying to get the rest of the stadium involved in singing something and then having them just start yelling out, like having the whole stadium yell at VAR is a bit uh, infuriating. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a cringe chant, let's let's be real. Yeah, it's not something I really want to catch on. Um, it, look, I can see them using it in a way of saying, ref your shit, do your job properly, like you need <laughs> someone to check over your work. And I think when you consider that we had Kurt Ams against our will and we then you know, had one or two decisions that probably warranted it, then I could see why our fans wanted to ironically cheer a little bit of VAR chant. But yeah, mixed, mixed feelings really. I know, yeah, like I said, I know why they're chanting it, but it sounds like you're supporting VAR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we need to be honest, though, because without VAR, we don't get the penalty on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I was going to... Look, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You did trigger me a bit there, Moz, with your mentioning of the ball leaving the foot and the frames between. Um, So we saw the offside decision yesterday based on a frame that was before the ball left the passer's foot. And in that, you know, split second between when the ball leaves his foot or before the ball leaves his foot, and when it actually leaves his foot, the players move back to an onside position. Uh, how can you... Uh, uh, it's you just can't. In the, in the EPL, they've got much better cameras uh, that are taking That's these, right. these yeah. picks, and yep. they're still not perfectly measuring all of those variables and getting it right. They're just, the main weapon that they're using against fans is brainwashing us, brainwashing us into believe, believing <laughs> that when they good. say it's an offside, it must be an offside. 
No. I think, I can't remember if we discussed it on here, what they do in the Netherlands where they have the line a certain amount of centimetres thick or or whatever. Um, And if any part of the player is touching that line, it's it's not offside. Goes a long way to alleviating a lot of problems. Yep. I think that's not a bad thought. Um, Yeah, work out how much movement you can get in whatever the frame is of the video and then, you know, work that out a percentage of how far. Yeah, exactly, because the cameras here aren't high enough quality to pick it up, so... Or just get some officials that do their job and get rid of those idiots in the boxes. Bin it. (laughs) Uh, Finally, other Australian League things. Uh, NPL 3, our Central Coast United boys, got the 1-0 win over Dunbar on Saturday evening. Daniel McFarlane, the skipper, with a captain's knock in the first half there to get all three points. They are equal top of the table as well uh, in MPL 3 now. So uh, all Central Coast sides going pretty well. Love me. Good uh, McFarlane goal. Mm. Quality goal. Good mm. performance from That's the boys good. again. Um, playing Dunbar against a fridge. Yeah, pretty Oh, much. the number nine. He was pretty a unit, much. wasn't he? Yep. Should be playing for the buddy Luton or someone like that <laughs> like over in England. But, I mean, you know, Dunbar were... They were a, a pretty good test, I think, of, of our MPL3 credentials, and mm. we come up good, you know. We probably rode our luck a little bit, um, but you're a, another good performance from another Central Coast team. They've, yeah, they've been in MPL3 for, you know, eight, nine years, while, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, we saw Matty Crowell starting as well before, unfortunately, coming off. Put a hemi about four minutes, minutes in. in. <laughs> 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 um, didn't look good. All our well wishes, of course, to uh, to Crowley. Uh, Get well soon. Yeah, yeah. Hope, uh, hope everything's all right there, mate. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Look at this! Look at this! Look at it! 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 Earlier today, of course, we saw the uh, or our next ten matches released uh, by Football Federation Australia. Uh, so match week 15 will see us at home to Adelaide on Thursday, the first of April. That is the Thursday before Good Friday, Thursday before a long weekend. How good! Anytime we get to play against them and smash them is good. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. Happy Should that. be a good turnout there, hopefully. Uh, we travel to Western Sydney on Tuesday, April 6th. Um, travel to Launceston away. Tassie away, fucking. How good. Uh, <laughs> match week 17, Western United v can, Central Coast sorry, Mariners. about Tasmania, can I just say, let's make that tour of duty and see how many we can get down there. Yeah, that'd be sick, actually, um, because you know everything's slowly starting to open up. Again, flights are actually pretty reasonably priced to Launceston for that weekend as well. So, um, yeah, let's plan that out. Get on it. Uh, Saturday, 24th of April, we play host to Sydney FC, another Saturday night game. Oh, love it, love it. Uh, before playing host to Brisbane on the 28th of April, that's a, uh, a Wednesday night, I think. Uh, we travel down to Melbourne Victory again on the 2nd of May, Sunday afternoon, uh, before travelling up to Brisbane on Wednesday, the 12th of May. Match week 22, um, we travel to McDonald Jones Stadium to, uh, for the F3 Derby. Um, on Saturday the 15th of May so that is all the fixture information that has been released to date sorry I think the I've got the Adelaide game down as 5.35 but I think it might have been changed to 7.40 now awesome even better yeah so people getting home from work ahead of the long weekend can swing by swing into Centrico Stadium abuse Stefan Mork you know do what you've got to do probably going to be number my, one yeah, I'm going to throw my journal at his face <laughs> Finally, it is that time of the week uh, where we get to answer your questions once again. We've got uh, quite a few that have come through this week. Thank you all so much for 
interacting with us across Facebook, Twitter, Insta, and the ccmfans.net forum. Uh, firstly, Dave Bloom with a Would You Rather this week. Would you rather accidentally like a two-year-old photo of your partner's ex who you were in the middle of stalking or accidentally send a naughty message to your mother-in-law? Probably like the photo. Mm. So we can just block. A two-year-old photo of my partner's ex would mean that her ex would have been like 14 when they were together. <laughs> <laughs> so Threat level. I'll tell you low. what, bit weird. I will go naughty message to the mother-in-law <laughs> because... She will laugh. Well, you got to think about it. If you're going to do stalking, you need you need an alias account. You need a fake account. True. I'm going with the um, two-year-old partner's ex who you were in the middle of stalking because this fellow would be about 19. It was about 30 years ago, I'd say, <laughs> Melissa's last ex, or other than the ones I don't know about. So... <laughs> <laughs> Happy, happy to go back to Is that. There's something I, you want to I tell re- us? I reckon, he'll, I reckon okay? he'll look pretty interesting. You're right, 30 mate? years ago. I'm all right. Yeah, it's good. I originally, sent, uh, I originally said, rather, uh, the naughty message to the mother-in-law, because I think she'd take it in good humour. Um, but, yeah, Jimmy, your method of just blocking the person on social mm. media seems pretty convenient. Your hey, mother-in-law? It's, it's the... Uh, you can block your mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's sure plenty of people have. Policy of the federal government. If you don't like something, you just block it, walk away. <laughs> Gagging order. Yeah, also a policy of Tim Cahill, I believe. Mm. Mm. And Brenton Speed. Brent Speed. <laughs> <laughs> Some. Oh my goodness. Uh, Dylan Payne, do you think the Orania sub was a bit too early or was it the right sub to make? I think we briefly discussed this. I think he was not involved in the game um, to the full extent. So yeah, it was fair enough to pull him. Yep, agreed. Time to come. Avoided a punch-up. It was all right. (laughs) Uh, Johnny Mack. G'day, Johnny. Uh, How funny was Fauna Rolly's Rabona when it happened? (laughs) We couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) Then how much funnier was it when you realised it lost the game for Perth? (laughs) I'd be be pissed if I was a teammate. In the wet, you're trying that shit? No way. Yeah, you would have gone ready and started to fight with him. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Dickey. Having endured several seasons of underperforming, is there a nagging in the back of the brain that says, when is the collapse likely to happen? What are your thoughts? Every single hour of every <laughs> single day. Every single second of every single day. No. For me. No. We're going to finish ahead of victory. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, in the back of my mind. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Um, but we are the Coast Football Positivity Podcast. But I'm yes. a Spurs fan as well. So, I, you know, that's, that's what I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I'm just waiting for us to just have collapse. Stop it. You guys are no good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm upset. Blake Hepworth, straight rev for short corners. Yep. Yep. No. Yep. They're a nice variation, and I think we have scored from one this year. We uh, actually, yeah, the variations this year for us have been pretty decent. I was going to say, any other time I would say yes, but mm. we actually are, we're actually okay at short corners. <laughs> yeah. So Whisper it. Maybe not in the wet. Yeah. On the weekend, I would have said no. If the choice is Monty's floaters or short ones, well, short ones. Why are you looking at his floaters for? <laughs> <laughs> Inspecting his stools. That's weird, Moz. That's gross. You guys, honestly. Grow up. Grow up. Hutto on the ccmfans.net forum wants to know, is Stadge being effective with his subs? It's a minor thing at the moment, but it may be crucial if the AFC qualifiers interrupt the tail end of the season. 
Yeah, there's only one game really when our subs haven't had too much of an impact, and it was that Wanderers game that we yeah. lost at home. So I think other than that, I think he's pretty much nailed uh, his substitutions, especially, I mean, last week with Hatch. Um, you know, that sort of stuff he's got 100% right. I would have maybe done a couple of things a little bit differently on the weekend or, like I said before, brought on... Uh, stands a little bit earlier if he had the minutes in him and swapped a few things around, but I think he's pretty much got it right. Mm. He's still refining it, I think. Yeah, but definitely got it right. Like, uh, and a couple of the, these occasions have been almost inspired. Like it was, uh, it was it. Uh, it didn't get us the win, but um, bringing Kowal on against Adelaide and he comes up with that goal that at least gave us a chance despite the referee's efforts. Um, and then there was the inspired, uh, all three of them, with Yonata, who um, uh, turns the ball over, Kowal takes the ball in the box, under Hatch scores mm. the goal. So that's inspired substitutions, really. And other than that, yes, one or two imperfections, I suppose you might say, but overall, pretty good, pretty good pass, I'd say. He actually changed his mind very late on with uh, with a late substitution that he was going to be making on Sunday afternoon. Matt Hatch was told to strip down and get ready to come on um, a few minutes before we won the pen. Um, after Simo scored, uh, he changed that to Yonola to come on mm. and just see the game out. Yeah, agree. Mm. Good sub. Yeah, I think I think he changed his mind. Yeah, correctly. Yeah. I do think you're right though, Jimmy. He's probably learning on the fly because mm-hmm. uh, it, you know he hasn't got ages of experience. So, um, but he's doing a good job of the learnings. FFC Mariner on the CCMfans.net forum is Kurt Ams the dumbest ref ever? Yes. <laughs> what about that other bloke, Adam Fielding? Adam Fielding. Yeah, Adam he's Fielding. Hold my beer. Yeah. Eh? Um, no, we haven't well, even, we haven't even brought Stephen Lucas into the conversation yet. <laughs> to be fair on um, Adam Fielding, Kurt Ams was the one in the VAR that night egging him on. Why would we be fair to Fielding? I can't think of a reason. Because <laughs> you know you have to pity the you know pity the, the, the feeble-minded. <laughs> the uh, further to that, why delay kickoff for 30 minutes? There was no lightning and the rain wasn't going to stop either. Look, I will say they did get a lot of water off the pitch, especially in that uh, north-eastern corner. But by the time they kicked off, it was back there anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The rain didn't stop at all. I think yeah, I think one of the reasons why they were doing it was to try and get the VAR offside working. Um, but, yeah, that didn't happen. And so Kurt Ames could do his warm-up. Uh, also, when did he need five <laughs> minutes to... mostly involved kicking puddles. <laughs> when did he need five minutes to decide a pen when the defender jumped at an angle? I think we touched on that a bit earlier. Because mm-hmm. he When your is, name is Kurt Ames. Yeah. <laughs> Shite. <laughs> Hashtag just Kurt Ames things. Because he has to make it about himself. Yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, Richesco on Twitter, do you think Stadger's Matilda's experience of having a limited player pool has helped him maximise his assets with the Mariners? Yeah, well, I mean, when he was a Matilda's coach, he had to juggle uh, a lot of players, you know, working jobs and, uh, you know, having limited playing time for clubs with how sort of little games um, that they play here in the W League. And he, he, I mean, he had to deal with all sorts of, all sorts of uh, outside issues. So, I mean... I think 100% it um, definitely set him up well to come here. No, definitely. We've got no resources here and he's used to that. And uh, mm. I think we were decent at playing without resources before, but he has, you know, really bought, us, really bought that here and made that work for us. So fair play. Definitely getting the most out of his cattle this season so far. Uh, Sean Millicamp, g'day Sean. Just keen to get Pete's thoughts on the April 17th game in Tasmania. Tazzy away, fucking yes! I'm so keen. <laughs> it's made me think, Melissa. 
<laughs> make it happen. Make it happen. Alex Zuck. Hey, boys. Would love some chat on the midfield to start against City with their current form and attacking threat. Uh, do you think Boz, Stens, De Silva and Niz might be better defensively um, and also keep up the good work? Thanks, Alex. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Sorry. Yeah, I think that would be my, my starting um, sort of four quartet across midfield. Yeah, for me, it would be Bauman out as well as he has played in parts. Um, but I think I think Niz can offer just as much as what he has in the last few games, uh, but also offer more defensively. Yep. Um, and then I don't know whether Stens has a full game in him or not, but at least sort of maybe around the 75 mark. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, maybe we can bring on Maxi Ballard to sort of shore it up if, towards the end of the game. If uh, Kowal's coming on late, I'd like to see Bauman work with him. So I'd yeah. like to see that happen. Yep, definitely. And uh, Gavin Springer, do you think midweek games will become the norm going forward or is it just this season because of COVID? Look, if we're moving into winter and we're going to start competing with the other codes, we might have to see more midweek games. Um, but I think this season is purely because of COVID because we have to, we have to uh, squeeze in a season between... You know, um, more outbreaks and more lockdowns and, you know, we started December 31 and we have to be Mm. completely wrapped up, including grand final by July 1st. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, that's obviously because of the broadcasting deal. I think the new broadcasting deal will obviously have a big say as to, you know, whether we have more or less midweek games going forward as well. And it'll be back to summer. It won't be in winter. Well, that's up Mm. to the FA. It'll be in summer. I don't know about during no, the week. As much as I would love it to go to winter, I don't think we're not going to, we're just not going to see that. I think they can slowly start aligning it. I don't know if they will, but, you know, I think it was James Johnson, um, who is, you know, head of the FA, that did say that he'd ideally like to see a winter competition by 2022. That's why yeah. he's pushing it that way. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, at, at the end of the day, all the clubs are the ones that are having to put in the money, having to deal with the ramifications of playing in winter and getting small crowds and having to compete against the other codes, share stadiums, all sorts of stuff. Mm. If all the clubs are there and sort of saying it's going to absolutely be suicide to go to winter, it'll be in summer. Mm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he has a choice at the end of the day. Yeah, fair. Yeah, and I guess it depends on what the broadcaster wants to do as well. We saw an article come out a few weeks ago um, saying that Stan Sport were very interested, but they wanted us to remain as a summer league. That's what I mean, yeah. Oh, and the whole thing about, you know, summer, like, why have we got the league we've got this year? Like, why is it so good? It's because this summer's been the coldest summer in how many years? Oh, it helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. Um, I don't know how many years, but yeah, definitely the cooler temperatures you'd think would assist the uh, intensity of the players. I think it's had a huge impact, personally. Mm. I hope over time we do migrate to more night games, though, just on that issue of night games. The night games thing is a good thing for the heat. Um, It's a good thing for getting over the um, commuters. Uh, Yeah, more night games. Um, I'm I'm, I'm okay with it to stay in summer, but no earlier than 6 o'clock or, you know, 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock kickoffs, really, for me. Well, that'll just about do us this week, I think, on the Coast Football Ramble podcast. Thank you all so much for uh, for tuning once again uh, to this week's Ramble. Uh, thank you all so much to those who have already donated to the GoFundMe uh, and on the ccmfans.net forum. Really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. You said the best. Yeah, we love you. Love you. See ya. Love you. Say bye, Luke. Love to see you, bye.
If you knew. Yeah, if only you knew what I knew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good, mate. How you doing? Mm. Have a sauce. Sauce.